0: Well, I have a story to tell you about a man, pure and true, that he died to save you and me. He's the man
1: of Calvary.
0: So, won't you give your life to him? Cause he saved us from all sin. Won't you raise your voice in
1: praise, God the Father, today? All right. Good morning, men. How are y'all doing this morning? All righty. Well, again, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Jeb Brotherton, and I have been here at Harvest for 11 years, and I definitely have a story to tell you today. <clears throat> I have the privilege of telling you about God's love for you, how he desires for you to accept your calling as a son of God, how he can use your gifts and talents to shine his light into the world, and the joy that comes from doing just that. Now, I may get uh, emotional, so bear with me, but when God intersects your life, it's so overwhelming. The human body can't contain it, and it just weeps out. So should I get emotional, just know that that's a sign of God's goodness um, shining out on on, on this place today. Um, The only thing I did, or nothing you hear from me or nothing you hear today is from me, or at least that's the way I originally intended to say it. I'm just trying to say that I didn't plan any of this, and I'm just telling a story about what God's done in my life. The only thing I did was accept Jesus as my Lord, give my talents to him, and say yes to God. And even that was influenced by godly parents, wife, family, and friends. So when you say yes to God, his goodness carries on for generations. Before I dive in, I have a bonus story for you. I didn't originally intend on sharing this today, mainly because it delays what I really came here to tell you. And I like speakers that get to the point. But as I was preparing this today, preparing the songs I would share today, I became very self-conscious about a couple of lines in the last song I'll share today. It mentions a little white church at the end of the road and the ringing of a steeple bell. Now I don't know that any one of you here would really wonder, how does ringing a steeple bell, or what does ringing a steeple bell have to do with praising God? But in my mind, there's one of you out there, and you know who you are. Also, it was really put on my heart to press home this point about how saying yes to Jesus impacts generations. So this story is going to let me do that, and it lets me explain the ringing of the steeple bell along the way. Do any of you know where Dozier, Texas is? I didn't expect there to be many. It's about an hour and a half east of here between Shamrock and Wellington. And when I was nine years old, the Methodist church there got so small it could no longer support a pastor. Now, the people at church there weren't going to accept that, and they had a plan to get their pastor back. But in the meantime, they asked my dad if he would come every other week and hold services for them. Well, long story short, they never got their pastor back. And for 21-plus years, my family traveled over to Dozier and held services every Sunday. Dad would preach, Mom would play the piano, and there was special music every Sunday. The people of that church became like extended sets of grandparents to us. And it didn't take them long to encourage my younger brother, Matt, and I to get up front and lead the singing. My youngest brother, Cody, was just a baby when we started. But not long after he started walking, he was joining in with us as well. And at the end of the service, we would get to go to the entrance of the church and ring the steeple bell. Well, at least when the church across the street wasn't meeting. We soon found out that the time we got out was usually their prayer time. So they asked us not to ring the bell when they were meeting. But they met on a rotational schedule as well, and it didn't always align with ours. So we occasionally got to ring that steeple bell. And that's a pretty cool thing for a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old boy. When we started, we lived in Claude. But my sixth grade year, we moved up to Stratford. And that's a three-hour drive from Dozier. So most of the time, we would go stay with my grandmother in Wellington. And when I turned 16, I kind of started getting interested in the guitar. Now, about that same time, I also had a cousin named Jason who was getting interested in the guitar as well. And uh, he's a couple of years younger than me. Anyway, but uh, in those every other week trips, we kind of taught each other how to write songs. When those songs started to get a little decent, my dad asked me, can you write a song for church? And that pretty much birthed all the music you're going to hear today, (laughs) as well as several more. So my dad saying yes to Jesus all those years ago has already impacted the next generation. I get to stand up here and tell the story to you. And And also the generation after that, I get to share these stories with my children. And that little white church with the steeple, well, it's definitely a foundational part of the story you're going to hear today. So whoever needed to hear about how about impacting generations, say yes to Jesus. You're going to do wonderful things. And whichever one of you is going to wonder about the little white church with the steeple bell, I hope you're, I hope you're happy. <laughs> well, now on to the point. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, or this is 1 John 3.1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And I really want to stress that point about the great love the Father has lavished on us and that we should be called children of God. Do you know what this is? It's beautiful, isn't it? This is a love letter from God to you. He's telling you how much he absolutely adores you. He gave it to me as a gift. But he asked me if I'd share it with you as a love letter. And that's something I've learned from this experience. You know, God doesn't give us gifts to keep. He gives us gifts to share. So I told him I'd share it with you. And you can't read it now. But I'll tell you my story, and you can. And it's okay. Some of you may think I'm a little crazy, love letter. I'm just glad I'm not wearing camel skin and eating locust and honey. In Acts 2.17, it says, In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. So this story starts out with a vision. A long time ago, when I was a very young man, I had a vision. And in this vision, I come to realize I'm in a dark shack. And in the center of the shack, there's this pole, much like a telephone pole. And I'm just hugging this pole. And as I look around the shack, I look over and I notice there's a door. And it's cracked open just a little bit. And through that door, I can see paradise. Birds singing, bright light, rolling hills, lush vegetation. Whatever your idea of Paradise is. That's what I see through the door. Next, I come to realize that this pole represents my sin, and I find comfort in it. In fact, I find so much comfort in it that I'm willing, unwilling to let go of it and go out to paradise. So just as the darkness and despair of that place begin to overtake me, the door opens. It's Jesus, and he says, come with me. That story inspired this next song.
0: The carpenter has arrived Stands at my door that's not enough must do a little more as he stands and knocks must let him in before he can repair this house torn apart by sin thank you Lord for your mercy thank you Lord for your care lift your name upon high cause without you Lord I most surely would die Well here comes the shepherd, search is complete. I have been found once his lost sheep. Look in his eyes, caring and worn. I take his offer at hand. Praise God, I am reborn. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your care lift your name up on high, because without you, Lord, I most surely would die.
1: Well, fast forward to present. About a month before my walk to Emmaus this past spring, we had a men's retreat. And at that retreat, I committed to say yes to God. So this led me to share the vision and that song with the men at my table, something I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. And while I was sharing, I mentioned how immediately following the vision, how brokenhearted I was that I wasn't a painter or artist that could capture that vision, or I didn't know a painter or artist that could capture that vision. Now, God, in the way he does, he gently reminded me, you're a songwriter. So I wrote that song. But God had greater plans. There was a man at my table at the Walk of the Maus, By the name of Sonny Mills. And it just so happens he's a stained glass artist. And after hearing the story, he designed and built this window and gave it to me. I hope you're getting the list today, Sonny. Thank you. And so now this image gets to be added to the story as well. We're just two men giving our talents to God. But today he gets to use us to share this love letter with you. So let me show you how to read it. See the man holding the pole? You see that pole there? You know what that represents. That's everything you brought here today hoping no one would find out. That is all your sin. You may believe the devil, devil's lies that God's not real or that he would never accept you with that sin in your life, or you're not worthy, et cetera, et cetera. You're imprisoned by your shame and your unwillingness to let go of that pole. Many times it's simply that Satan has convinced us that that pole the most comfortable thing we deserve. And you may just not want to let go of it. It's comfortable, right? But you know how, how bad Jesus wants you to let go of that pole? He climbed up on the cross and shed every drop of his blood just for you. He's asking you to let go and come to him. Notice I didn't say get rid of it. Just let go and come to Jesus. A life in Christ is beautiful, and it will give you glimpses of the paradise alluded to in the, in the vision. See that side that says come right there? It is beautiful. As you spend time with Christ, you'll find that that pole isn't as comfortable as you once found it. And the beauty of your new life is too great to ever go back to that dark place and uncomfortable pole again. Now, sometimes after getting rid of or letting go of our poles, we can get off balance. Like Brett talked about in the service on Sunday, find ourselves sliding towards the deep end, right? And we're going to, Reach out and grab on to whatever we can. And before we know it, Satan's probably blinded us, and we don't even realize that we've grabbed right back onto that pole. And if you believe, and that's actually, when you grab on that pole, that's what Satan's waiting for. He's going to be right there with his accusation. See, you are unworthy. And if you believe him, you're going to be imprisoned again. But Jesus came so that when we realize there's another pole in our lives, we can let go of it and come to Jesus. He came, so we never have to be imprisoned again. Freedom comes from Jesus. Now, how do I know this is a love letter? It's a good story and all, right? But there's another dimension to it. How many coincidences until mathematically impossible? I've got a couple of more coincidences to share with you. But since there's no coincidences with God, I'm not going to call them coincidences. I'm going to call them God things. So if the story you just heard is God thing number one, let's move on to God thing number two. Before going on the walk to the Mass, I'd started out praying, Lord, push back the darkness. It's true, we're living in some dark times right now. But he quickly convicted me, said, that's an immature prayer. So my prayer changed to, Lord, let me shine your light into the darkness. So here I am. You see that light shining out into the world? It's beautiful, isn't it? And this really is a great representation of the good news that the world needs to hear. Come to Jesus. He'll get you out of that dark place. He'll help you find your light. And you can experience the joy of the Lord sharing that light with the world until he takes you home to paradise. God thing number three. My bathroom window had become cracked. It had a storm window on the outside, so functionally it was okay. We had other priorities, so it's going to be a wall before I replace this bathroom window. But every morning I would go in there, and there's that crack reminded me of all the things I just can't seem to get to. So it seemed to nag me every day. Now, I read a book about how we should pray bold prayers and we should let our needs be known to God. So I prayed, God, can you replace that window and get this distraction away from me? Well, not long after that, I received what they call a rotor reward at work. And when you receive one, you can redeem it on gift cards to local retailers, restaurants, etc. Now, this first one, I think we ended up just using at a restaurant. But a couple of days later, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Lord, was that you trying to help me with that window? So now I'm paying attention. Shortly after that, my 15-year anniversary with the company came. And this got a pretty decent reward with it. Enough to buy a bathroom window, Anyway. So when I received it, I looked, and sure enough, Home Depot gift cards were an option. So I went and purchased the window and installed it. And after that, every morning, I'd walk in the bathroom, and I'd say, Thank you, Lord, for the window. And I would do that every day. Thank you, Lord, for the window. Well, after Sonny presented me with this window, one morning, I walked in there, and I said, Thank you, Lord, for the window. And I could hear him saying to me, How do you like the new one? Blew me away. Thank you, Lord, for the windows. So men, God loves you. Can you hear him yet? He sent you a love letter. He's asking you to let go of your poles and give your gifts and talents to him. And someday, he's going to give you a love letter to share with others. When you step into the, your calling with the Lord, joy is waiting there.
0: Well, well, I just want to praise your name, Lord. I just want to praise your holy name. You brought me such joy, I just have to exclaim, Oh Lord, praise your holy name. There's a little white church at the end of the road. Yes, I remember it well. It's where I learned about your ways, Lord, and how to ring a steeple bell. It's where I learned about your mercy, why you sent your son to die. Now he cleansed the sins of the world with his loving sacrifice. I just want to praise your name, Lord. I just want to praise your holy name brought me such joy just have to exclaim oh lord praise your holy name yes lord you are an awesome guy lord i lift your name on high the old rugged cross brought us victory in jesus the first noel of silent night yes lord we've lifted all these songs and more up in praise to you we just ask your will for our lives and every little thing we do well i just want to praise your name lord i just want to praise your holy name brought me such joy just have to explain oh lord praise your holy name
1: So men, the carpenter has arrived, and he stands at your door. But that's not enough, you must do a little more. As he stands and knocks, when you let him in, he will repair your house that was torn apart by sin. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we praise you, and we thank you for your overwhelming love. Thank you for desiring our participation with you as your sons. Dear Lord, we ask you would reveal our gifts and our talents to us and guide us <clears throat> to use them to shine your light into the world. Let us not get too discouraged by the cracks in our lives, but help us to know that if we ask, you'll repair that crack and maybe give us another window to share. Reveal to us the things that are keeping us from drawing close to you and help us let go of our poles that are holding us back. Praise you, Father. We say yes to you, Jesus. Bless every man here today, guide our steps and help us find new ways to share you with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.